Coming up in this podcast, Officeworks IPO, the WA economy, diploma building company and philanthropy and giving. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Welcome to our weekly podcast. I'm Mark Pownall and standing in for Mark Beyer, we've got Dan Wilkie. How are you, Dan? Yeah, not too bad, Mark. Now, West Farmers uh, this week they made some really big news. Um, they've dropped their plans to spin off Officeworks with an IPO. So what do you know about that? Yeah, well, look, this is quite big news, uh, quite big repercussions. Um, they had big plans to... They've got a big retail empire, and Officeworks was one they picked up when they bought Coles, uh, you know, gee, about 10 years ago now, the way it goes. Um, uh, it's a big standalone business, and obviously they felt it was one they could... If they could get good value, they'd sell it off, and they were going to IPO it. Um, they've pulled it. I think they wanted about $1.5 billion at sound, or a bit more. Apparently, more like $1.2 was what the market was looking at. Now, big repercussions. First of all, um, they've got a big re- retail empire, and they've already been saying, you know, Richard Goiter, who, a little promotion, is speaking uh, at one of our events in, uh, in July. Uh, Richard Goiter was saying, look, they're aware of issues like Amazon coming, felt they had that under control, but clearly, perhaps, the market thinks that Amazon is more of a risk than West Farmers did, especially with something like Officeworks, a bit of a category killer in its day, but potentially, you know, everything that Officeworks supplies uh, is something that could be replicated by a rival like Amazon. So the internet is potentially more of a threat there. Um, Sorry, I just want to interject there, Mark, but where does Officeworks sit under the West Farmers retail brands? Obviously, they've got Coles and Target. Well, how, how, is, how is it as a performer? Is it, is it a strong or is it mid-range? Look, I think it's done pretty well. And, uh, again, they want to get the, the pricing for that. Mm. And, you know, I guess it's pretty hard to sell something that's not performing too well. I don't think performance is an issue here. I think it's more a case of future performance. You know, are they trying to sell it at the top? Um, so I guess they're going back to the drawing board. Mm. Um, the wider repercussions of this, this is a second big IPO that's been pulled. Um, private equity owns a group called Zip Industries, which you know those hot water taps. Yep. They want it. That was a big float that was proposed earlier this year, and it was canned. So the market's jittery and doesn't like these things, even though they're pretty staple, stable kind of companies. So uh, yeah, a few bad signals there. Mm, definitely a bit of a concern. So we've. Um Also a bit of concern, there's a bit of conflicting economic data this week showing it's still pretty tough out there, um, even if there's a lot of talk that we've hit the bottom. So, so Mark, what's going on in the economy? Well, let's do the bad news first. Um, The uh, Committee for Perth, um, well-known, a kind of um, not-for-profit group that kind of analyses what's happening in Perth, and, you know, it's been, been a really good mover and shaker for getting things to change in this city. Um, they've done a survey and they found that um, a large number of households in Perth and Peel um, don't expect their quality of life to improve anywhere soon, all right? So I think they found nearly 40% of people experience some form of career disruption, 72% predicting no real wages growth, and 45% were unable to see any improvement in their quality of life. So that's a pretty you know, doom and gloom kind of scenario. And, you know, remembering that even though 
it's Perth and Peel, a lot of those people would be FIFO workers and that kind of thing that have seen things change dramatically. All right, so not great news. But then we've got, and this is a bit of a lagging indicator too, large drop in WA unemployment. So more than 13,000 West Australians found jobs in April, seasonally adjusted, um, as the unemployment rate dropped from um, dropped 0.6 of percentage points to below 6%, so at 5.9%. And that's only just a tad above the national average of 5.7%. So hmm. we've come back to the pack, which is quite extraordinary given you know where we've been in, in the last couple of years. Uh, and look, I just have to throw in um, other good news out there uh, we had a piece just recently, a CEO uh, interview, CEO luncheon interview that Charlie Gunningham did with Brendan Gore from Peat. Now, Peat diversified over east because their land development um, uh, business was, you know, they knew it was going to get tougher. They reckon they're seeing key metric of theirs, the number of people who um, don't, uh, who, who, who give up a deposit on a land, it's only a small amount of money, has dropped Substantially, so it's a thousand bucks. You put a thousand bucks down as a deposit. They were getting up to sixty percent of people. Quite recently, were foregoing that thousand rather than buying the land. That's dropped well down to about forty-five percent or so. So a signal there that we've we've we might be have reached the bottom and things might be improving. Mm. And just yeah, that's actually a really interesting piece. Just one thing, it was written by Tim Treadgold. Um, it's going to be in our uh, paper on Monday. You're uh, right, so. sorry. I was thinking but of the CEO no survey. <laughs> it wasn't a CEO Charlie, lunch. I'm sure he'd love to chalk that up into his portfolio. Yeah, that was, yeah, right, that right. was Tim that wrote yeah, that Yeah, apologies one. to Tim. That's right. It was, uh, yes, okay, very good. A very good piece. That's right, on Pete. Um, Dan, building company diploma continues to be in the headlines. Uh, they won a sort of reprieve from the court late last week. Where does that leave things? Yeah, we're really getting towards the end game of the um, diploma collapse, and creditors are finally going to find out whether they're going to get any sort of return to um, what was owed to them. Now, just a quick recap. Um, if you're not aware of the story, Diploma Group, they went into administration in January, owing creditors around $36 million, and ASIC had actually applied to the federal court to get 20 of those um, 20 Diploma Group-related entities wound up and liquidated to see if there's going to be any um, sort of return um, to creditors. Now, Diploma's putting together a deed of company arrangement that they say, and also it must be noted the administ- administrators say, is pretty much the only chance that they'll um, get, that creditors can get any sort of return. Um, that's going to involve a debt, debt to equity swap. Um, the Delatti family, they've proposed to transfer 50% of their sh- shareholding in exchange for the debt. And another key element is a $6 million development management contract for the ChemLab site in East Perth, which um, where Diploma was recently bought out by their JV partner. Now, I spoke to Nick Delatti uh, last week. He said a supermarket operator and a hotelier were lined up for the ChemLabs project, so there seems to be a little bit of certainty there. And he said if Docker was implemented, uh, construction could start as early as September. Now, they've got it until Monday to finalise that, that Docker, otherwise those entities are going to be placed into, into liquidation. So it'll be interesting to see how creditors proceed. It seems that the, the federal court would like creditors to get a chance to vote on the Docker, but... Um, it remains to be seen if they really want to own shares in a group that has a track record like what Diploma has for, for the past couple of years. Yeah, right. And in a tough, you know, going into a tough environment for that kind of building, I imagine. Absolutely. You know, there is another component to the ChemLab site, and that's a big apartment tower. And if you speak to any apartment developers in Perth, things are tough. And, you know, there's a, a lot of competing product out there and a lot of competing product from some overseas guys with some fairly deep pockets. So it's pretty hard to get a project up at the moment. 
So this week's special report, Mark, uh, that, that's on philanthropy, something that generates uh, a lot more news than it used to. Uh, Katie McDonald um, did that. So what has she found? Yeah, great, uh, great, great special report. Um, so look, no surprises. It's a tougher environment out there for charities to get money. You know, I mean, we've just talked about the W economy. We've just talked about building collapses. You know, this is this is the background to when you go and shake the tin. It's harder to get stuff. But um, and we're talking mainly to the the top the top charities. You know, some of these groups pull in ninety million bucks or more in revenue. You know, so these are sizable businesses in their own right. Um, what they've found is that uh, although it's tougher, they've still managed to increase their revenue. And they've mainly done that by diversification. So they've, they've, instead of relying on just on government or just on particular corporate sponsors, and I think in the past individual corp, large corporates have put in large amounts into single charities, they're starting to pull back. What these, what these businesses have done is gone to smaller donate, um, uh, philanthropists, in effect, you know, spread their base, diversified, um, offered different packages, different ideas, got people involved, um, they've done different events. They've done more events, and they've done and they've, they've just got, used their imagination. So that's a pretty good um, it's a, it's a pretty good signal because the truth is that it's times like this when when the economy's down is when you need these charities the most. Um, a lot of them are in you know areas like such as homelessness and all that sort of thing. So you know very important. And I will have to note um, we've got two lists uh, published in the in the magazine in association with this. So we've got the charitable organisations and we've got the top 10 featured there. Of course, there's um, there's 97 charitable organisations on that list. And then we've also got a new list called Philanthropic Foundations. Um, we're, again, we've got the top 10 there. We've got 57 on our list if you want to go and get into BNIQ and uh, that's accessible for subscribers. Uh, you know, it's everything from like um, Channel 7's Telethon Trust, which uh, has got total assets of $28 million. And its funds distributed in the most recent year, 24, 20, almost 25 million. And, you know, so some of these funds, uh, Sarich Neuroscience put out 19 million, um, Mindaroo Foundation, 19 million. And then you go down to something like the Martin Copley Will Trust, nearly 7 million. So some really interesting research there. So we're doing the charities, but we're also doing some of these specialist foundations that just, they're just givers rather than doing the work. So fantastic mm-hmm. list there. Yeah, some really interesting stuff in that feature, so um, I urge everyone to look out for it in our print edition, which comes out on Monday. Now, last year we released our Golden State book. It's a coffee table book with magnificent pictures of WA and at the back some profiles of some unique WA businesses. Um, So that's still available. Uh, You can log into our website and follow the links there to have a look at that, and there is some absolutely magnificent photos in that. It really is the best of what the state's got to offer. Um, Great any, corporate gift too, if you absolutely, if you're, if you're that way inclined. And uh, while we're promoting things, um, we know this podcast is a bit of a gem, um, but don't keep it to yourself. Feel free to share it with others um, who could do with a handy weekly update of where the WA economy is at. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Bayer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.